Welcome to the Film Shrapnel Valentine's Day special. Hello, yes. Happy Happy Valentine's Day to you, Tobias. My... Happy Valentine's Day to you. Yeah, I'm all my... alone. Me, me too. So what are we doing today, man? Dude, I mean, I, if you've forgotten, that's a concern. Um... No, I'm, I'm trying to be interesting <laughs> for our viewers, listeners. <laughs> well, every, everyone at home, you're in for a treat because today we've watched a film and we're going to talk about a film that neither, I believe you haven't seen this, Craig, but I haven't seen this film either. My Bloody Valentine, the original. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know this film existed. I didn't even know it was a remake either. I oh, heard really? My Bloody Valentine, but I always thought that was a band. I was like, oh, there's a thing I like that, cool, uh, with that name. So yeah, that's mm. a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those, it, well, this is the thing we were talking about, uh, watching like a romantic film for the Valentine's Day special. And then I thought, well, there is a horror film that's set around Valentine's Day, but I'd never seen it. And after watching it, Craig, I'm not surprised I haven't seen this one. <laughs> it's not very good. Yeah, it's... um. Well, first of all, I'm happy we watched this instead of an actual Valentine's film. I'm not. Uh... We, we could have <laughs> watched Love Actually... Or he's just not that into you. They're really good. <laughs> They're actually really good films. Well, this film, you know, I think it's kind of like one of those. Um, it's one of those films. Like, remember when we were talking before about The Godfather and mm. how at the time it was quite influential? Yes. Uh, but like, as time has gone by, uh, the, the, the effects of its influence are kind of like slightly. Well, not disappeared, but they're they're less uh, powerful. Impact, yeah, they're they're less yeah. impactful for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think this one, I'm not same comparing problem. on the same level as The Godfather or anything like that, but yeah, sure, similar, yeah. similar kind of thing that it has some kind of influence over later films. Well, I, I was going to say something quite similar actually, but um, I, I do entirely agree. You know, it's you can see a lot. Uh, that this is drawing from that came before and you can see a lot that came after that was a lot more successful that you, you like I say this film both took inspiration and provided inspiration for so many horror films that I can think of um which we'll get into um but yeah like this is quite an early 80s horror film 1981 so it's a pretty early um 80s horror. I feel like the 80s was a really good era for horror, and this was right at the beginning. Uh, but obviously, Halloween came out in 1977, and that really kicked off the slasher genre. But uh, before we jump really heavily into this film, should we very briefly go over the story for the listeners at home who might not have seen it? Yeah, I think we should. Otherwise, we'll confuse the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't really know. Like in a nutshell. Uh, there's a town called Valentine, small town America, town called Valentine in 1981. Oh, is it Canada? Uh, so there's this town. Everyone seems to know everyone. And 20 years earlier, uh, some guy got trapped in a mine, had to cannibalize his friends to survive. He went mad and then went on a killing spree. And now in the present day, 1981, he has returned because there's been word of a Valentine's Day party the first one in 20 years. Yes. Um, and it was uh, 
the 20, 20 years before when he was trapped in the mine, there was a Valentine's Day party. So like every year mm. there was always the kind of threat that will he come back and murder people? And uh, after 20 years, I guess they've decided, okay, you know what? He's obviously not coming back. So they decide for a party and yeah, he does come back and he starts yeah. killing people. And this film, by the way, uh, when it came out, was really censored, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, there's a lot, if you look at Wikipedia about this film, about how many minutes were taking off. I think uh, at one point they removed about nine minutes of footage from this film. And well, I don't know uh, which version you watched. Uh, I don't even know which version I watched. But did you notice that around a lot of the very particularly gory scenes, uh, the camera... The, 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 the color of the, the footage yes. kind of changed, didn't you? And I, I'm wondering if that's an effect that was added or if that's because there was like a uh, recovered image added in or something, something to do with the editing process. I did write down that the camera quality does change um, for all the gory bits. And I was thinking, is this an artistic choice or is this uh, down to censorship? You know, because it, 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 it reminded me a little bit of... Uh, Kill Bill, when they uh, she plucks out the dude's eye and it suddenly glows black and white, and that was a censorship thing. Like it, even it, as much as it was, it looked artistic. It was because of censorship. I'm pretty sure I, Tarantino ideally wanted to put that in color. I think he did. But I do know it's also written on Wikipedia that this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher film. Really? Yeah. That is surprising. I find that really surprising. I would have thought he would have said something like Halloween or uh, Friday the 13th. I see a lot of both Halloween and Friday the 13th in this film. And obviously Halloween came out before and Friday the 13th came out afterwards. Uh, but I see a lot of both films in this. Um, but I'm surprised that Tarantino likes this one. I, well, didn't, he... I didn't really like this film. If I'm honest, he has I an interesting taste. He does have interesting taste, but like, because this is this is quite schlocky, in it. Like, it wasn't so bad that you can get angry at it, but it wasn't good enough to, you know, keep you gripped. Like, the, there were so many times I really, really would have loved to have had a break. Like, I really didn't like a lot of the characters in this. I found yeah. everyone quite annoying. Um, I, I felt that the film was full of idiots. Everyone's an idiot. Like no one, no one makes any sensible decisions except. Uh, so obviously when he starts killing people again, they immediately cancel the dance and it's like, Oh, okay. Someone's actually doing something sensible in a horror film, which is refreshing. <laughs> but then the rest of the film is surrounded by absolute idiocy. It's ridiculous how stupid everyone is in this film. One film historian called Adam Rockoff apparently says that this is probably one of the best and most polished slasher films. I think he's really? referring. I think he's referring to this period, not like the entire genre. So mm. I think uh, maybe this film was kind of recognised for raising the bar a bit in terms of film quality, because there were some odd. Yeah, spikes, I, I could see that. Like. We all say that Halloween started the slasher uh, genre, right? Well, it was Black Christmas, really. Oh, okay, fair enough. But in my head, I always think of the Halloween first. And mm. I remember just watching that film a few years ago. And there's a whole thing about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character looking out a window and going, oh! 
and then you see Mike Michael Myers or Mike Myers. What is he? I, always, I don't know. Now if I'm Michael getting Myers. Myers. Michael no, Myers. Don't, 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 don't confuse, confuse him with Trek. Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> and you see you see a shot of uh, him hiding. Well, not exactly hiding, but behind like a sheet, a bed sheet that's like uh, drying on a on a, a dryer, whatever you want to call it. And and then she, then the shot refers uh, returns back to her, and she's like. Huh? As if it's this, hmm? something's disappeared, and it goes back to there, and he's just gone. And it's just like, yeah. come on, uh, John Carpenter, surely you could have done better than that. Uh, yeah. But on the other side of the coin, uh, Roger Ebert, who I like his reviews quite a lot, uh, yeah. easily just called it another Halloween ripoff. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's easy to call it a Halloween ripoff. I, I think I, I agree with both points like for for me i was pretty mind i thought a lot of it was a bit mind-numbing i didn't really like a lot of it however i thought a lot of the deaths were pretty creative and cool especially for the time i actually liked a lot of the deaths however i've written this down but maybe i watched a cut version but it uh the the two characters harriet and someone else like maybe they did shoot it, but it for me I didn't see anything. It was totally off camera that death, and it yeah. looked like it would have been the best death of the film, and they did it off camera. In the version I watched, I also didn't see that was off screen as well. Oh, well, that, well, that that makes me feel better about it. Can I ask you a quick question? Should we? I was going to say, do you want to talk about the deaths? But go on. Yes, you ask that's that's friend. exactly what I was going to say. Oh, which brilliant. is your fa- which is your favorite death? Okay, so I actually have a couple. Two, one of them's really badass, and the other one is just like unique. And I've for the time, and I'd not. I still don't think I've seen a death done quite like this anyway, even since. So I really liked um, the uh, lifting her up and like impaling her head on the shower. Like I just thought that was mental, mental death. Um, really unique. I've not seen anything quite like it. And the other one I liked um, because I thought it was brutal. What was it? Oh, what's all the bloody deaths in this film? Was it the boiling face? I think it's the boiling face that I I thought was just so so brutal. Uh, in hot dog water. In hot dog water of all. Like the only thing worse would have been to do it in piss. Like that's the only the only thing worse. <laughs> Than, than being murdered with fucking hot dog water. Although I did like uh, when they discovered the woman in the in the laundromat. Um, and thought the thing is, my least favorite death uh, was towards my favorite character, the character Hollis, which is this big guy. Ah, oh, shit, you not. I've got to move to small town Canada because you can look like cousin it from adam's family and you can still <laughs> pull a perfect 10 because the town's so fucking small i've got to move to small town canada man this guy is punching well above his weight hollis is my hero i fucking love hollis he and, was actually one of the more sensible of them as well yeah he breaks up the fight towards the beginning of the film he's the one trying to like mobilize everyone he's the one that goes back to try and find the couple that got screwed you know he's actually a man of action and if i really honestly i feel like he should have been the main character i really liked hollis i thought he was great 
and they gave him the worst death, the least gore, the the it didn't just it wasn't as impactful as the other deaths. Um, so the opening scene. Let's talk about that opening scene before the credits, before the title. Sorry, doesn't um, make sense actually. Now I look back on it. it that opening. It scene. makes honestly, it didn't make sense even in the moment when I was watching it. I was like, oh, okay, so we got some miners, all right, and then. We go to, and then it's like uh, the the dude isn't getting undressed, and then there's a girl, and she's half naked. I'm like, what? Like, okay. And then she really likes this gas mask a bit too much. She starts basically jacking off the 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 tubing on the mask. It's really strange. And then suddenly he just kills her. And like the the note the note I've written down is. I love the special effects, but I don't think you get any context to that scene in any other part of the film. All it is is just an opening for the movie. The One of the first notes I put down, uh, because, yeah, I, I knew it was in Canada. Why does it look so warm? Like, sure, February in Canada, I imagine just being like the Arctic. I don't know. I have, I've also not been to Canada. I think actually it was filmed in Nova Scotia, which is like, uh southeast uh same place where they filmed trailer park boys by the way um and i was like it was way too warm i, I did find that they filmed in autumn filmed in autumn but like i just didn't believe that this was i didn't believe this was really valentine's day i quite agree with you i don't think this feels like valentine's day besides a couple of set pieces that have red cut out cardboard hearts everywhere you know what the the town reminds me of and I, I think I say this a lot with films around this period. Uh, I think a lot of them, when they, they try to set them in these kind of like uh, small town communities, uh, they, it always reminds me of Jaws. And I don't, I yeah. think it's like the, the rowdiness, the, this, uh, everyone is all, there's lots of people, uh, everyone's doing their own thing and talking over each other. And it just feels, just remind me a lot of Jaws. And what added to that was the fact that we have like the mayor, of the town who has to deal with a, a situation and <laughs> arguably the main character is kind of the police chief. Well, not one of the main characters anyway. I, I, I would say your, your male lead would be the, I forget his name now, TJ, I think his name was. I'd say he's your mate, your male yeah. lead and your female lead is Sarah. Um, and I'd say that the, uh, the sheriff, he's a vessel for the audience to gain exposition while as the kids. And let's also use the word kids very lightly because these are not fucking kids. They're easily in their mid thirties, but they keep getting called kids. The kids are in the mind. You got to get them out. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> they're in there. They're older than me. They're in, they're in their mid to late thirties, bare minimum, bare minimum. Um, so yeah, so uh, the the kids in the mine. That's where we get all of like the horror unfolding, and on the surface with the sheriff is where we get context for the audience. And because obviously we'll reveal now in the podcast, there is a twist in this film that all of the context that we're getting through the sheriff on the surface is misleading to the audience. It's not who you think it is. The whole movie from the very get go, they're like, "Oh my God, Harry is back," and it's like. Just because they already knew it was Harry, I was immediately expecting it to not be this guy that they're talking about. I was already expecting a twist based on how they're talking 
about this guy that was here 20 years ago and now he's back. Can I also add something about the 20 years thing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not that long. Like, it's, it's not. It's, you would remember that. And even if, like, these guys, uh, the characters, yeah, like, they, they do look quite old, but I think they're supposed to be in their mid-20s. They would have been kids. And, like, everyone would know about this. It probably would have been a big news thing even, like, 20 years ago. Some guy I mean... kills a lot of people on Valentine's Day. I mean, like, because at the beginning, it kind of feels like they're trying, like, people have forgotten it happened. Like, you know, you don't forget that shit. Let's, let's talk about that bar scene at the beginning where they're, they're playing fucking five-finger fillet as a drinking game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dude behind the bar is basically making Valentine's Day like morbid as fuck. He's like, this, ta- <laughs> he, he's like, this, this town is cursed. This town is cursed. And then suddenly, like, because the vibe is we're at a party and the kids haven't talked about any nasty shit. And we've had no context really besides... Like, they've had no context, you know, if... Because this is the thing, I was going to say that this flashback scene comes sort of out of nowhere. Like, it doesn't fit the tone of the scene. Like I say, you've got the... You've got, like, the old barman who's telling the story, but it actually makes way more sense to have the flashback come through the sheriff's story rather than the kids. You know, if you're going to make the kids unaware of this thing, maybe it would be better to keep them oblivious to it because they just Mm. see... They just see this Harry story as like uh, like an urban legend or a myth from the town of Valentine. You know, they don't really take it very seriously. Whereas, you know, the older residents do take it seriously. Um, so I think it would have made more sense to have the flashback through the sheriff's story rather than the kid's story. Uh, it just sort of felt a bit out of left field, just a little bit. It just suddenly we're in a flashback and I'm like, oh, well, we were at a bar a second ago and the kids weren't even talking about it. They were trying to ignore the fucking dude. Like, yeah. he's, te- he's telling them this story and they're like, oh, shut up, man. You start fading into the flashback. He's still narrating the flashback. So you can assume that everyone in the bar shut the fuck up to listen to the story. And it's like, but you literally told him he was a fucking idiot like two seconds before the flashback. Why are you letting him tell you the story? Yeah, I... Mm. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a good backstory for a bad guy in an 80s slasher film. But I think it's just badly told, if I'm honest. I think a lot of this film is badly told. Uh, and I'm I'm still so surprised that you've told me Quentin Tarantino cites this as the best slasher film, or at least his favorite. Yeah. You, don't, you know, Harry is not an intimidating name, is it? Like, it's, it's not, not scary. It It doesn't command like fear or anything although i suppose jason or freddy doesn't really command fear either or maybe the thing with freddy is that that's the thing it doesn't sound threatening at all jason i don't know just sounds kind of cool see see, jason sounds like a bit of a bit of a fuck boy you know he does you, you knew a jason at school all the girls loved him you know and he thought he was cool because his name was jason I actually did know someone called Jason at school who all the girls liked, actually. So, yeah. Oh, there you go, then. There is a thing. But, you know, I mean, adding, I, adding to that a little bit about Harry Warden, because I was thinking back to the boxes again and writing little poems, just imagining Harry Warden in his uh, mining costume, sitting at a table, writing little poems with his little Valentine's Day box. 
I, yeah. it's just, it's just, uh, it just seems so ridiculous when you when you think about how would that have happened. Like, you know, I don't know. It, it does I, seem quite silly. Should we actually just flat out say what the twist is? And because then we can talk about it freely. Yes, let's do it. We've got we've been halfway through. All right. So the twist is that it's not Harry uh, Warren, uh, Warren or Warden, whatever his name is. It's not him. It's actually one of the kids uh, called Axel. And it turns out that he watched his dad get killed by Harry Warden 20 years ago. And so it's fucked him up. And I and I've written as a note, uh, he's just a fucked up dude. And I, I'm just too often the reason for a killer in a slasher film is he's just fucking mental. Like it, that's that's Halloween. That's this film. Um, what I liked about Black Christmas is well, the original anyway is that you never actually find out who the killer is. Therefore, you have no idea what the motive was. It's just some guy going around. You only ever see one of his eyes, and that's it. You, you never get to see who he is. You have no idea what the motive is, and I like that. But too often, they have to over-explain, and it always turns out that, oh, he's just mental. But I'd actually quite like a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing story. I suppose that's what they're trying to do with Axel. Like he's pretending for most of the film that he's a normal dude and no one suspects him. But I fucking saw it coming a mile off. Like the, the moment he, in inverted commas, dies off screen and they go back to yeah. look for him and they just see a light sinking in water. And I'm like, well, he's the killer. He's the killer. There's no way. Or may, I was thinking maybe there might have been two killers, but. I was like, he's definitely one of them. He'll, he'll definitely be the killer. So this is the thing. We know that Axel's the killer in hindsight. So let's go back to that opening scene. Does it provide us any context? Maybe he took a girl down there because apparently women in this movie find mine shafts irresistibly sexy. I don't know. how. I, would, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's fucking filthy and dark down there. There's rats, there's spiders. It's fucking grim. I wouldn't want to go down there unless you paid me. So, yeah, it, I suppose it is possible that Axel just took that girl down to fuck her, well, like, uh, you know, lured her down there on the pretense of having sex and then just killed her. But again, why is he killing did you not her? See, sorry, did you not see, maybe you were writing notes at the time, but did you not see that they, they kind of zoomed in on the, the love heart. heart on her yeah. chest? So maybe yeah, that yeah. was it. He was genuinely going to, like, have some sexy time uh, down in the mine. And oh, then but the he sees the heart and it triggers his uh, crazy side and he has to kill her. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that maybe. makes sense. That makes sense. You know what? We've just justified a really bad scene and it's actually not as bad now that we've talked about it. Yeah, in context, uh, mm. it does make sense more later. Make more a little sense bit. Later on. Yeah. I mean, still, it's never explained. So you, I'm sure there are people out there that still have no fucking clue that like this movie. Oh, let me, can I ask you this, right? So there's a, what do you think? When they got the heart, right? And then they're, they're trying, they see, they're genuinely trying to like keep things quiet. They're like, all right, we'll, we'll keep things quiet. And then they want to find out if Harry Warren is still in the hospital. They call and apparently they have to wait till morning to find out if this guy is at the hospital. And I'm like, uh, 
Really? Like, even in 1981, okay, fair enough, there's no internet, but surely there are 24-hour staff at hospitals, and surely you could ask, if you were a she police sheriff investigating, uh, like, threatening behaviour with a fucking heart in a box, surely someone's going to sort you out. So surely someone's going to help you. Surely. You wouldn't have to wait till morning. And then when you do call get called in the morning, the woman who speaks to him is so fucking, like, cold to him. And it's like, he's just trying to, at that point, he is investigating a murder. And she's like, well, I can't do anything about it now. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Someone just died. <laughs> fucking get up off your ass and look for it, bitch. Fucking hell. But he doesn't um, actually, I don't think he I don't think he mentions that anyone's been murdered. I think he tries to keep yeah, that bit. Yeah, but still, like, you could just say it and it would shoot a rocket up this bitch's ass and actually get some, you know, get some research done. It was maddening to me that she couldn't help him like straight away. And he's like a fucking policeman. I was I wrote a note down here. 1981 must have been a really bad time to work in the police because you couldn't fucking do anything. You couldn't get anything done. It seems in this movie. This is this is about the point in the film where we get like the first sort of on screen uh, death in like the current story where we get like a POV shot. And it's very much in the vein of Halloween, like see, you know, uh, building up to a kill through the POV of the killer. And also, obviously, later things like Friday the 13th. But this, you know, was very much it may, reminded me very much of Halloween, this POV sequence, just building the tension. Nothing. He doesn't kill anyone at that point, but it's building tension. And then it comes away from the POV to have the the death and i by again she you craig did i see this wrong she's running away from him and she's literally flinging open the doors of washing machines i think to slow him down but it's the door of a washing machine it's on a fucking hinge and it weighs <laughs> nothing so how you're fu another fucking idiot in this movie i was i did you notice that or am i just fucking making that up because I, I didn't notice that, but if it really happened, it's stupid as fuck. Yeah, it's really <laughs> dumb. It's really dumb, and I'm like, is, 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 does she really think that's going to slow this dude down? Um, but I will this... say about her death, by the way, uh, when uh, the sheriff opens up uh, yeah. the washing machine and her body is like all fucked up and burned mm -hmm. and she's rolling around, that kind of disturbed me a little bit. That is kind of actually my favorite death, not because of the actual death, which we don't see in a stupidity of running away, the, but the discovery the of the body. Yeah, kind of like, fuck, um, it's just a, a, a body, a dead body rolling around. It's like, oh, that's a bit. That's a bit yeah. yeah, I just got a shiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty well. I, I thought that was really well done. There's like, there's like I say, I actually think every death is really well done in this movie. There was an awful lot of jump scares, though, in this film, and it was getting annoying that, like, they just turn around and someone be like, ah, and it's all a joke. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck's okay. sake. Speaking of jokes, that guy with his jokes, they were just oh. terrible. What that was his was... I forget his name now, but yeah, every time he left the shot, it, it was such a relief. I really didn't like that. This is the thing. I really didn't like many of the characters in this movie. I will say... Um, what was her name? Sarah, right? Sarah was 
the the female lead who's yeah. sort of got a love triangle going on. Although mm. she didn't, she doesn't seem to look like she has much of a choice in being in this love triangle. To <laughs> like, I thought it was a little bit disturbing. Like, like there's one point where the guy picks her up and he's literally dragging her into the car, and she's like, yeah. "No, no, I don't want to go." And I'm like, "Did he just kidnap her?" Like, he did. What? He just kidnapped her, didn't he? And then it turned into a really romantic date. And I'm like, "But you yeah. fucking." There, like the the thing is, the toxic masculinity in this film really, really does shine through for, through a modern lens, doesn't it? But particularly through TJ. I but I have one of my earliest right? notes is that TJ is a bit of a creep. Like yeah, like the whole way that he's just there, always staring at her and like mm. laughing whenever acts. Like it, the film really wants you to uh, like root for him. In a kind of way, but like, is yeah, that toxic masculinity shit is really. But because that's 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 what I found disturbing was was like the food the film frames it for you to root for this character, and yet from my modern sensibilities, I found him a bit of a piece of shit. In yeah, in all, I also thought Axel was a piece of shit too, but I liked Axel more than Me I too. liked TJ. I the thought TJ would have make... been better as the as the villain in the end. It turns out that he's the killer. That would have been way better, I think. And that's it would actually, have worked way better. That's actually what I wrote as well. I, I think it would have been better if TJ was really Harry. They give uh, Sarah almost no power in, in any of it. Like, there's no. one line where she says, like, I am my own... Uh, she, I, don't, I don't remember what she says exactly, but something about her having her I, own decision or something, she, right? She, don't I have a voice? She says. Yeah, but and she really does it the whole time. Yeah, they they never give her the opportunity. Well, this no, well, no, no. What I was going to say when we're talking about favorite characters, I really like her character because she's sort of like from the, like as from a modern perspective at least, she's sort of trapped in this sort of nineteen eighties um, gender dynamic where men just seem to grab you, drag you in a car, and now you're married. Like, it's it's a bit weird. And, mm. like, and they seem to be okay with it, which is also really strange. But once shit kicks off, once shit hits the fan when they're in the mines, she is so capable. I found, I found her as a character really, like, she was the one, like, okay, Patty, come on. We gotta get the torch. We gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, let's go. And then when they're climbing up the ladder, and that Patty, Patty really was pissing me off. And she's like, "Oh, I can't go on any further." It's like, "You got legs? Yes, you can keep fucking running. You're just sad because your boyfriend's dead." And okay, fine, but get the fuck out because the longer you meander about, the more danger you're putting your friends in. So just grow the fuck up, get out of there first, mourn your boyfriend later. Yeah, for me, I thought. Sarah was really competent as a female lead and I think it's such a shame that she wasn't more competent earlier in the film when the boys are basically fighting over ownership of her really yeah well just I was going to say about the whole thing Is it? did you say her name was Patty the other woman I think uh, so maybe, maybe uh, really Hollis although he was a big lad Maybe he was the real catch in the relationship, and that's why she's so sad, you know. 
She was so happy to have yeah. this. this oh, <laughs> yes, he was. I'm telling you, he's the best. I fucking love Hollis. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still quite perplexed that a kidnapping turns into a rape. I mean, obviously, he didn't really kidnap her, but like when you watch it in the moment, she's saying, "Get off me! I'm not going anywhere." And he's yeah. like, "I don't care." <laughs> Closes the door on her, and then they go off and have a really romantic what picnic or something. And you're like, "Yeah, that's really weird for me, for our modern sensibilities." Like if you did that today, you'd be locked up. And in the 1980s, apparently it was endearing that you're manly enough to just pick up a woman, throw her in your car and go, right, we're going out for lunch. What? Are you mad? Are you fucking mental? Yeah, that, that was um, one of the most, uh, for me, one of the most uh, weirdest parts of the film. But you know, really I have a couple strange. of questions since we're like quite close to an hour now. Today, if this was uh, if this was released today, would you think this would be such a controversial film? You know, actually, just because of what we were just talking about, the horror shit isn't really that controversial anymore. But I, it would be, then maybe what TJ does is perhaps more controversial today than than that. Oh, shit. for sure, for sure. I mean, this is the thing. I haven't seen the remake. All I know about the remake is that it's in three D. Um, However, like maybe it's worth us trying to remake this for the podcast. Maybe we do an episode where we remake this because what, like, if you remade it, you'd probably want to keep all of these uh, themes of toxic masculinity within it because it's so relevant today. So it might actually be really good to keep it to keep this tone, uh, but perhaps make Sarah. Uh, learn to be capable throughout the film. Maybe she's submissive to it at first and it'd be difficult to watch. And then by the end of the film, she is her own woman. She's empowered. And yeah, I would make Sarah the main character in a remake or a reboot. And I'd meet TJ and Axel, this love triangle. And you know what? Fuck it. I'll make it. I'll do a screen with it and they can both be the killer. Fuck it. Why not? Mm. Two kids. You, you can get them really to get their just desserts, really, as well, because uh, no one ever says shit about TJ at the end. He's like seen no. as kind of like a hero, and you assume that they get that together. And Axel runs away anyway. Probably he does die, but you don't actually see him being punished for being the the bad guy. So it would be good in a remake to have some kind of um, I don't know just desserts for the for the bad mm. guys. Or perhaps yeah. they kill each other at the end. Yeah, they fight over her. Who knows? Fight yeah. over her. Maybe the mine caves in. Maybe one, and you like leave it on a cliffhanger, like, oh, did one survive or some shit? We've just made My Bloody Valentine way better than it should have been or it yeah. needs to be. But, you know, I have um, seen in, in regards to the remake that it is rated slightly higher than this one. Really? Uh, That's yeah, a little bit. I think it's still rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's got a slightly higher rating. Uh, and also, I think mm. it's got Jensen Ackles in it. Okay. I like him. Well, maybe maybe it's worth us... Uh, maybe next Valentine's Day, we'll do the remake of My Bloody Valentine, and maybe it'll be interesting for us. Or maybe we'll just do it again. Maybe we'll do it next week. Who knows? Who knows? But... Uh, yeah, I think I, I I want at least a year off from this movie. Uh, I, as much as I, there was things about it I liked, 
overall, I did not have a great time with this movie. I thought it was a bit shit. Um, I did like, but oh yeah, the eyeball death was quite a good death, but the build up to that death was pretty shit, don't you think? Is Where it's a... like the bar, the barman setting up like a prank on the kids, and it's like what this is the sort of thing that the kids would be doing to you after you told them this story, but the barman doing a prank on the kids that's a bit weird. And then I was actually quite glad that he got killed. I was like, right, this fucking idiot's gone. That's another idiot removed from the film. I'll take it. I hate this. Is it? I was glad when the idiots were getting killed off. Yeah, it was kind of obvious that he was going to die as soon as you saw him outside the mine alone at yeah. night. Uh, and then yeah. the whole thing about opening the door was like, he's opening the door. Ah, no, they'll show those damn kids. And he keeps opening it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. He closes it again. Ah, one last time. I know, right? Ah, ha, ha. He literally opens that door like four times. And you're yeah. like, you, you're literally a fucking moron, you are. <laughs> um, but I like the, the eyeball effect. It was fun. Nice. I like practical effects, even if it does look a bit uh, cheap or fake. Whether it's practical, I, I think it's way, has way, may, way more weight within the scene. If it's CGI, I don't think it feels real. It just feels cartoonish. It does. Um we need to talk about um, the when Axel uh, gets trapped in the uh, like so so basically it's revealed that Axel is the bad guy and he's trying to kill Sarah and or maybe just TJ but he's trying to kill TJ maybe Sarah as well and um, what happens he, uh, he they take the mask off it's all revealed. And then I think in a struggle, because there's a really bad fight scene between Axel and TJ on the mine shaft before it's revealed that it's Axel you, when you he's on chasing the, on, the, them. on the coal train. On the coal train, yeah. yeah. So they're, but, when they're fighting on the coal train, just it just looked like two men slowly punching at each other or swinging at each other and not really trying to hit each other. Um, did you like the villain? Uh, which villain are we talking about? The idea of Harry Warner or the Axel being I mean, Harry? I suppose I suppose we could talk about them separately, but I was talking about it in general. But yeah, let, let's do it separately. I really like the Harry concept, um, and I don't hate the Axel idea. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mind it. But what about the look? The look of him, like, does he, is he scary? Does he command fear? Because obviously Freddy Krueger has a really iconic look. Uh, Jason Voorhees has an iconic look. Michael Myers has an iconic look. Like, even silhouetted, you recognize them. So with this, obviously he has a silhouette, but you could put him in silhouette. You know, oh, it's the gas mask dude from My Bloody Valentine. But does he command the same kind of, attention fear power on screen that all of these other classic uh slasher villains do i don't think so yeah i guess he's a bit boring and you know actually i was a thinking little. um because we were talking earlier again about how the film borrows many things from other films i just immediately thought of darth vader as soon as i heard him breathing oh. through that just trying to use that which can scare a six-year-old i'll tell you but, you know, when you grow up, it's not really very scary anymore. Well, uh, at, well, it's funny you say that, because when I hear the gas mask sound, it reminds me of Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, the whole shh, 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 ah, ah, ah. 
And I think maybe mm. Friday the 13th borrows like hearing the breathing of the killer from this film. I, I do think Black Christmas does it as well. But let's very briefly talk about that final scene. So they they all come. Everyone comes down into the mine shaft to try and help the kids out. TJ and the girl have already gotten away from Axel because he's been trapped under like there's been like a cave in in the mine. So he's trapped under all these rocks and then the, the police come and then they're trying to dig him out and they find his hand and they're like, oh, he's still alive. And he's like trapped under there, but his hands moving and she goes back. They go back and she wants to see him. She wants to hold his hand for some fucking reason, maybe because their relationship meant something to her or whatever. But Can like he did just try and fucking kill you guys. Maybe just stay away from the fucker. I think that the the guys who wrote this film have don't understand how women are. I, no. I think that they they probably never met a woman. They don't understand. Look, the, the the final moment of this film is she goes to grab his hand. He grabs her back, and then what gnaws his own arm off to get away, and he just runs into the darkness maniacally laughing and then that's the end of the movie so it sort of sets up a sequel as well yeah and i i do feel with that ending part it doesn't really make sense and uh i think they just thought that that would look really cool so let's let's yeah, do that they, they thought it'd be really shocking but like we know from our modern movie taste that it takes at least 127 hours to cut your own arm off we already know that and was like a, you can't that was a bad think, joke yeah well done <laughs> uh and on top that. of that on top of that to i don't think you can really grip someone's arm while you're cutting your arm off no, I, I don't think exactly, that really works yeah. that way <laughs> it's so daft because like when, when the arm came off i thought oh has he swapped arms like is he did he put someone's dead arm in the way to just fuck with her i was like oh no that that was his arm. Like, he fucking gnawed his own fucking arm off to just fuck with this chick. Fair play. You know, I like the commitment in this dude. Fair play. And at least he wasn't nearly as rapey as the fucking main character. Like, at least the killer had some... Oh, I'm just going to fuck with him like a jokey way. Like, surprise, bitch! And that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's just a murderer. He's not a rapist. He's not a rapist no. murderer. No, uh, definitely. Mur murder is a way more understand, like relatable. Uh, one, so one thing that's kind of bugging me. Maybe I didn't listen clearly enough at the end because there's a couple of, uh, there's a bit of, uh, there's a few lines that he says as he runs away in the cave. Uh, I was hoping that it will kind of shine, shine some light on his motivation for killing people, but I, I don't know. I don't remember what exactly he says. But no, what, I don't remember either. And I, and, and I literally finished watching it five minutes before this call. Yeah, and like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, did, what is the real reason he does it? I mean, because this... So he was there as he a saw kid. His dad, he saw, yeah, he saw, he dad. saw the murders 20 years ago. Uh, and he does something now. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't like know. All of I a mean, sudden. Well, yeah. maybe, he, maybe he's been killing... This is the thing, maybe if we got, like, a prequel or a sequel and we'd go into the flash... But maybe he's been in secret killing people over the last 20 years. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Dexter, 
but that's how they explain Dexter that like he's he as a child he witnessed his mum get hacked up with a chainsaw and so he you know that he always said I was born in blood you know that was the day I was born not my birthday but that was the day I was born and I had this darkness in me that has just come with me you know throughout my whole life since then and the only way I can quench it is to also hack people up like that, that's how, that's that's how they explain it in Dexter that's a bit dumb though isn't it I mean I don't think witnessing a murder just makes well, you into a murderer I mean it might be a wee bit dumb but like all in all fairness I think the way Dexter gets away with it in in the show is that he witnesses it in such violence it was so traumatic that like it created a darkness in him and let's not forget in this film it must have been like if you were a child and you saw your dad getting killed with a pickaxe and then getting his heart cut out of him, that's probably pretty fucking traumatic in all mm. fairness. Like it's it would be different if you saw your dad slowly die, you know, of, of illness or something. That wouldn't be easy. But if someone breaks into your house, you literally watch this person cut out like someone you care about's heart. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would fuck you up, especially if you're only like five or six years old. Yeah, mm. I could imagine it would fuck you up. But I think it's been done to fucking death. However, this was 1981, so it probably wasn't as done to death at this time as we feel like it is now, in all yeah. fairness. Perhaps at the time, in, I mean, you were saying earlier, like... Uh... They were just that, like the motivation for some slasher films. Ah, oh, they were just made this way. They were just murderers. They just have something wrong that made them that way, and to to, start to enjoy killing. And at least in mm. this film, they try to give some kind of reasoning. So maybe yeah. it is a step of a little bit of progress in the way looking into what makes someone well, like that. Not that it's a, a great answer, but it is a bit of an improvement. But it than was just it is born not. That way. Well, this is it. I, I think you're right, because I think Halloween, they do the same sort of thing where, you know, with the, the opening of Halloween, we see the from the POV of the child, Mike Myers. So he's only like five or six and he murders pretty much his whole family. Uh, well, he murders his sister. He murders the sister's boyfriend. Um, and then we cut 20, 30 years later. He's been in a mental asylum ever since. And then he breaks out and he goes on a rampage on Halloween. So we never actually find out, or maybe in the sequels, I'm not sure, but certainly in the original film, we never find out why Michael Myers is the way he is. He just is this way. You know, he just is. There's no real uh, explanation for it. He's just fucking, he was born this way. Uh, so I think you're right, maybe. Maybe um, this film does provide more of an explanation for the character and its motivations. But obviously, like in Black Christmas, we don't find out anything. We find out literally nothing. And I think that, that works really well. I think it works really well, man. If you haven't watched the original Black Christmas, don't watch the remake. I went to see the remake in the cinema. It's dog shit awful. But the original is really, really good, really well done and genuinely scary. Mm, okay, I'll give that a look. I think I it's gonna, worth it. I was going to say that still, although we have kind of discussed it a little bit with Axel, I've like really though, like, okay, cool. You have some 
psychopathic tendencies and maybe he enjoys killing or whatever the fuck. And then probably there's some other shit that we don't know about. Maybe in his childhood, maybe he used to kill small animals. Maybe he's killed mm-hmm. other people before this event. Uh, yeah. But why does he... I mean, I, I, I feel like there, there's still something that's not quite explained. What is, yeah, there's what, something missing, right? Yeah. I mean, like, if it was Harry Warner, the real Harry Warner... Okay, is there some revenge thing? He swore that if there was ever another one, he'd kill people. So they stopped doing it. But he's not Harry Warner. No. Uh, I, all, all we can read, I suppose, all we can really go on is the fact that they're doing a Valentine's Day party has triggered him in some way, I guess. This town has not made a big deal out of Valentine's Day since that, like for the last 20 years. So, like, even though it's called Valentine, They've not bothered. They're like, you know what? It's too close to the knuckle. It's too close to home. People are still upset about it. Let's not celebrate Valentine's Day. And after 20 years, they're like, you know what? I think people are past it now. People don't remember it anymore. Let's do Valentine's Day. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what triggered him. Because he does send these notes and stuff and saying, you've got to cancel the party. Otherwise, I'll keep killing people. I think they're all prick stacks, so actually... Everyone's all going ahead with this shit and no one's like saying, oh man, like you're okay like with this stuff because uh, your, your father was killed like on Halloween 20 years yeah. ago. Like, doesn't it make you feel a bit uncomfortable talking about Harry Warner? Like, no, yeah. no one remembers that shit. Perhaps his friends don't know that his dad was killed by Harry Warner, but we know that the sheriff knows. They are stupid, but they can't be that stupid, can they? I mean, well, they would have. They would have known. Yeah, but they would have been toddlers when it happened, so like they probably wouldn't even have like recognized it as real news. Maybe they heard their parents having a conversation about it, but like you know, as children, children, things like this don't really hit your radar. In all fairness, I, but I maybe guess... it was hidden from. The kids, maybe Axel didn't tell the kids, oh, yeah, my dad was murdered by that guy. Because they do talk about it quite openly. And he never mentions, they never mention that his dad was the, was killed by uh, Harry until right at the end when it's revealed that Axel is actually the real killer. When it's really convenient. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 don't, I disagree. I mean, even if they were little kids, I think they must have been about maybe, what, four Four to six years old. So I'd say they're yeah, supposed to be like in their mid twenties or something, right? Yeah. I, I think they would have. Uh, there's no way escaping it. If you live in a small town like that and something that horrific happens, there's just no way people are going to let that shit up. I, I really, I highly doubt it. They must have talked about it. Yeah, you would have thought. You would have thought. But again, it might have been an active effort on on Axel's part to keep it hidden. But this thing, we'll never know. Because they don't fucking explain it. We'll recast you know, it and then we'll we'll do it better. We'll make this we'll is it, yeah. all these things. We should we should remake this and we should make TJ the killer, really. I want TJ to be the killer. Yeah, but there is the the one thing about Axel uh being the killer and not TJ is that maybe with TJ, because he is such a creep, it feels too obvious, doesn't it? You look at him and think, yeah, he could probably kill someone. Axel, mm. meh, not so much. So maybe there is some strength in uh, having TJ not be the bad guy and Axel to be the bad guy. But yeah, 
if we mm. recast it we'll do a much better job i think so <laughs> yeah i think i think we've kind of finished uh you had a yeah, good summary I... earlier that you you said what did you say uh, I forgot now. Something about it, it borrows a lot of elements uh, from oh, it, past films, it, it, it and it kind of a, inspires many. It, it draws a lot of influence, and it provided a lot of influence, and that's that's probably a big compliment. Really, it's probably a very big compliment for a movie that I didn't really like in the moment. I still don't think I liked it. I'm still surprised Quentin likes it. Well, I'm not surprised he likes it. I'm surprised that it's his favourite. Mm. It's interesting. Interesting. Maybe mm. it doesn't say in what context it's his favourite. Maybe it's just uh, in terms of... Uh, could be in terms of special effects. Or could be. That it's just a bit more polished than some of the other films. Who knows? All right, man. Let's wrap this up. All right, man. Much love, Craig. Thank you, everyone, for coming out once again to listen to us chatting a fuck ton of bullshit about movies. And have a lovely Valentine's Day with uh, the horror film of your heart's desire. Yes. Enjoy your Valentine's Day, people. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> what, what is that muskiness at the end? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mate, I'm like, I'm like half coughing. I'm half coughing and I'm trying to like hold it in and I can't do it. because Valentine's Day, people. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to do an outro and my voice won't allow it. My throat is just fucking with me. I'm gonna start the outro again. This is Film Shrapnel. Have a fucking great Valentine's Day. Um maybe you won't be watching a horror film like me and Craig, but then maybe you will. Maybe you'll watch this one and you can watch it along with us. That sounds like fun. Shrapnel!